You are listening to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 274, brought to you by C2E2, Graphically, and iFanboy listeners just like you. Hi, welcome to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 274. My name is Thomas Caters. I'm here with Josh Flanagan. Josh. Hello. And Paul Montgomery. Paul, your turn. Hello. At iFanboy, they like comics. I do too. They read comics, so do I. And every week, we all read a bunch of comics, and then one of them picks their favorite and writes about it on the website, and they justify it to all of your questions. And then they talk about it on this podcast. We don't do that anymore. (laughs) We learned our lesson. They apologize. They apologize (laughs) for what they pick. Uh, Not only did they talk about the the, the pick of the week, but we like to talk about all the other books from this week. Well, not all of them, but just ones that we have things to say about. (laughs) (laughs) Just just keep swimming. Before we get to the show, a quick reminder slash warning. This is a review show, and it is absolutely necessary that we talk about what happens in the issue, or it will be boring. So if you're worried about having the issue spoiled, just listen later. You don't need to listen to this now. We may even throw in some fake spoilers, just things that didn't happen. We're going to ruin movies. Just, yeah. We're going <laughs> to ruin other things. We're going to ruin a lot of things for you. So if, you, if you're listening at home and this happens to be your first show and you've never listened to it before, uh, our regular host, you're probably wondering now anyway what's going on. Uh, Ron <laughs> and Connor are in Seattle at the Emerald City Comic Con, uh, and I'm uh, holding the fort. So I have our, our two intrepid uh, guests here, uh, Tom and Paul, who, who write for the site. We got Shanghai. Yeah, yeah. Do we do that with the Seattle thing? Anyways, go ahead. Yeah. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and do the show. We're gonna soldier on as best we can, and then hopefully, if if all goes according to plan, then I'll see a bunch of messages that say, "Man, you guys should always do the show with <laughs> Josh and with Tom <laughs> and with Paul, and screw those other two guys." That's what Just I'm call us for. the House Arrest Three. Mm-hmm. Is is it <laughs> offensive to say Shanghai, 2011? I don't think so. It's a t- place. Okay. Can you be? Can you be racist against a place? Places? I, I think I can. <laughs> right. I don't know. Okay. Well, uh, there was already an error in the script that I think may have tripped Tom up. So this week, Ron does not have the pick. I do. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's yeah, get that's right. what That's what tripped me up. That was it. No. Uh, uh, right away, so uh, the, the pick of the week was Axe Cop, Bad Guy Earth number one. I don't know why I wrote number two. There's two <laughs> errors. <laughs> two lines. It's I'm, a much looser atmosphere <laughs> when... <laughs> <laughs> Ron and uh, Ron I'm and Connor. They're going to have to improvise what happens in in the second issue. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Um, now, uh, I I first learned about uh, Axe Cop from uh, something that that Paul wrote on our site. Uh, basically, the 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 deal here is that uh, Ethan Nicole uh, is an artist. He is as is as is clearly uh, mentioned, thirty years old, uh, and he went home uh, for a Christmas break. And made a comic book with his uh, then five, now six-year-old brother, Malachi, uh, which is a hell of a name for a five-year-old to carry around. And uh, they, they did this thing called Axe Cop, and it basically it, it, it reads exactly like you would think. It's a slightly better structured 
uh, stream of consciousness rambling of a of a of an of a six year old boy's mind. Uh, there is a there is an axe cop, who is a cop with an axe. Uh, there is a lizard soldier, who dinosaur soldier dinosaur soldier. Excuse me. He was he was he was early on. He was flute cop, and then dinosaurs bit him, so he turned into dinosaur soldier. There's a, there's a there's a the logic flow here. Yeah. And we're gonna we're gonna get to that. Uh, this issue, uh, Bad Guy Earth, is the first. It was a web comic, basically, and uh, that was collected into a trade. But this issue is the is the first done for comics original uh, issue uh, published by Dark Horse Comics. And I thought, oh, let's try it. Let's 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 that'll be some fun. And this was totally one of those weeks where I was reading all my books and I was like, ah, I got nothing. Like I read some stuff that's pretty good, but nothing was jumping off the plane. Yeah. And I started to think about it, and I was like, you know, the only thing that a made me laugh out loud, and the only thing that sort of impressed me with its imagination, and that I had anything to say about was was Axe Cop, uh, because it really there in this in this business where in, in comics is all about how much imagination you can put on this page because there's nothing to limit anybody except for sort of the skill of the artist you know and what they're what they're able to draw and then what the writer is able to think of and and this was such a such a lovely and pure distillation of that idea where you just take it all the way back to the most basic thing like what would a six-year-old say would be really cool stuff and as you go through it like it literally i could i could just imagine myself sitting in a playground talking to a kid and he's telling me a story that just doesn't make any sense and it completely goes along with his own whims and it, it completely charmed me uh and it had been it had been you know massaged and put into pages and there's there is actually a story um, that, that goes on, but it also, you know, just keeps turning on a dime, and it, it's written in such a way that's, you know, so then this happened, and then there was this, and so this, and I'm I mean, like, I, I was writing the review up, and I, I can't tell you how many times just some wacky stuff turned. I'm trying not to swear <laughs> when I say this, too. I just feel like it's inappropriate. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you don't want to associate that sort of cussing with yeah. such a young writer. I feel like I want the writer to be able to listen to this part, oh. not the whole <laughs> show, mind you. <laughs> No, we're done talking, he totally cares. He's gonna get dirty later. Can well, we watch clearly, Ben Ten, please? Clearly, this kid's imagination is is uh, light years beyond many people who are uh, in the writing profession today. Certainly mine. Uh, and I was impressed by it. I was I was literally I was like, that's pretty good. <laughs> you know the the thing that, that struck me when I, I read it and I loved it as well mm-hmm. is that for mainstream comics, the uh, the soap opera portion of it, mm-hmm. the part that sort of is what draws people back month to month, also becomes sort of the mechanics that everyone becomes obsessed with. Mm-hmm. And those mechanics very much suck all uh, spontaneity yeah. out of everything. <laughs> like, but, you know, we you have interviews with creators about what they're planning six months from now. You have previews of books that come out in three months. When you go to conventions and you go to panels, people are asking about how things end. Like three months from now, it, it, there's uh, the industry from the readers to the writers to everything is really, especially you know in mainstream comics, is really focused on the next thing and making sure everything fits together into that. And that's actually really not not conducive to spontaneity in any way whatsoever. Mm-hmm. You know, in in comics, and this was the exact opposite. Like yeah. if you asked him what happens. Next, it'd be like well, you just make it up. You know, there's no like uh, the kid doesn't have like a flowchart in his room. Like, okay, when 
the second Axe Cop miniseries comes out, we have to make sure that it ends, you know, this way to set up the spinoff of, you know, of Dinosaur Soldier uh, because we have to make sure it all lines up. And it's uh, it's really easy to lose track of that, mm-hmm. that that's kind of, a, like you were saying, with the imagination is the only limit. Mm-hmm. But we put tons of limits on that mm-hmm. in most comics. And this was completely wiping all of that away. And it was laugh-out-loud funny in it several was. parts. I, mean, I, yes. I, want, I want people to understand that, that on the first page... Uh, Axe Cop and Dinosaur Soldier <laughs> sitting in a restaurant, and 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 Axe Cop's. I'm thirsty. I want to drink a water. Looks over, sees a cup of water, at another table, stares at it. Goes, hmm. He considers <laughs> whether he wants to drink it or not. <laughs> yeah. Takes a drink of the water. The water screams. <laughs> the hammer yeah. sitting with the water is like, hey, what are you doing? That's my buddy. You just drank his brain. I thought it was water. Yeah. No, the water is his brain. His brain. He was once a great warrior. <laughs> <laughs> and then what's funny is that by the bottom of the page, the cup sprouts uh, uh, an axe handle, which was not there earlier. <laughs> yeah. or no, an axe yeah. blade. Yeah, and he's like, that's a pretty sweet blade. I'm thinking about taking it. <laughs> and I like <laughs> Axe Cop loves axes. <laughs> that's a, he went to Axe Cop Academy. You know, that's, he didn't go to normal police academy, you know, the normal police academy. And, and it's really funny because it does have that sort of way that little kids look at how the world works. Like this sort of like you go, uh, police go to a police academy, an axe cop would go to like an axe cop academy if there was an axe cop. So there's like weird, lo- there's logic that fits within like a kid's viewpoint of the world. But it's not just funny because it's like, oh, look at what this kid wrote. It is very clever and like written in a certain you know i i don't know if the older brother you know obviously there's some massaging of it to uh to to make it like readable Mm -hmm. as an actual story but there's some really like (laughs) there's just really clever turns like the thing with the cup where it's just like oh this is completely insane you know and right away within the first two pages you kind of get the feeling of of what's going to be happening you know there's going to be a dinosaur later with gatling gun arms you know, flying around <laughs> wearing aviator fire. glasses. Yeah, and he, he has aviator glasses and a, and a dog <laughs> collar. <laughs> yeah, and it's, and there's, there's video game logic too. There's like power ups, and they have like shield levels. Like there's like the, a bar that goes down on, on the, the the shield array on their their car uh, when they're being attacked. And um, I, I interviewed Ethan a few months ago about the, the like the whole process. And this is like a lot of people that say like, well, your your brother's really violent. Like and he's like he, there's maybe he's like a serial killer. There's something wrong with him, but what? it's it's totally not that. It's like it's he, he it's a regular kid, and he has a lot of the violence that he's um, his his understanding of violence is through is through video games, and it's it's sort of like harmless stuff. You don't die, you just blow up, and it's there's nothing ter- it's there's nothing terribly dangerous about this kid he, he seems like a totally normal kid the, there's like process videos online you can watch and they they just have a really great relationship working together and like they have like deals where oh help me you know work out this this next part of the story and then you can you know play you know your nintendo ds for you know a while <laughs> you know they, like he has little breaks and you know whatever here's here's your juice box or whatever but um so there's you know there's video game logic in it and um it's uh, it's just so so inventive and unfiltered and fun and it's just like total unabashed joy in it and um yeah. i like what you're saying tom about how you know you don't think about what's next because what's going on right now is just so <laughs> insane and 
there's it's a it's a turn like every panel and they're like we did best of the week in panels um earlier and you know there's um i, I just i found I, I i was trying to find a, a good thing to talk about and i just found like it could be a, a strip it's like three panels together and they tell their own little story there's just so much packed into this this issue and it's it's so much fun tom what was the first what was the first first point when you laughed while you were reading this it was the thing with the cup where it, it was actually when the uh, the hammer was like, now he might be dumb forever. And the pictures <laughs> of like the glass now has like zombie, like zombie yeah. eyes, like <laughs> not, its brain got completely, you know, and I was, I was going through X it. Cup. I was going through it and it wasn't making me laugh a lot the whole way through it, but there were like, I, I was warming to it more and more as I kept going. And I got to the point at the end where they invent that they have the bad guy machine. Yeah, and the bad guy machine is you take or it's the good guy machine. You take a bad guy, so they go to a prison and they get the strongest bad guy ever, pseudo goodest, <laughs> and they throw him in the good guy machine. And he comes out as a new good guy named Handcuff Man, and I was like, "That's <laughs> all right, that's all right." And Handcuff Man throws handcuffs on a bad guy, and then the next panel, and then sh- and then they shock him until he died, <laughs> or when Axe Cop put him to bed. Yeah. It was time for him to go to sleep, or you know, like all that sort of like ex cops uh, daily two minute naps, two minute nap, and he, and he dreams about dinosaurs crying, crying. So, so he knows that the dinosaurs are in trouble. So, let's go oh yeah, I mean that's it's just, and that all happens in this issue, and yeah. that is maybe a quarter of the things that we didn't mention. There's like a, a new planet. They look out the window of the diner. There's a new planet just floating there <laughs> they, go, they like they go to the planet there's stuff with the dinosaur the splashes i mean we're talking about how like crazy the the writing is but also the i think the art's really good and i think ethan really stepped up his game um even from the the web comic which i mean it's really good i mean you know and you think like okay he's a competent artist and uh, it's great cartooning and stuff but this i there's some really impressive stuff in here like the splash page with wexler the 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 dinosaur with the, with the machine gun arms um fighting fighter jets um, it's just a, like a great splash page, and also um, Axe Cop the webcomic is black and white. Here, uh, there's color, mm. um, which it looks it looks amazing, and there's a there's sort of a great texture to it too. Um, so I think it's a really good looking comic, I think as well. Yeah, and it, you know, it's it's I don't want all my comics like this, but sure. it was it was incredibly refreshing, and it was it was incredibly fun. And and if if you I think if you feel like you're lacking a little bit of that, then there's almost no way to go wrong with this. And it's so, like, you can't label it with anything that you give other comics. You can't, you can't be like, oh, they were just trying to do this. Or th-. And it's not, it's, not, it's not any of that. There's no pretense about it. Mm. There is only, like, what is on the page. And you take that for exactly the value that it has. And there's no subtext, no anything. It's just insanity and imagination, like, in the best way. And uh, that you know that's what made it easily sort of stand out this week out of, out of everything else I read. I, th- I think it, it reads very well, like in in um, this kind of dose. Like, yeah, I know definitely. people were saying like you know I, I was reading the trade and then around like the halfway point I was like this is getting a bit much. I think that that might be too much if you're reading the whole webcomic collection. Uh, which previously came out, but like this, like a single issue. There's so much going on in there. I think it's like the perfect amount. And then you know, read. Then then read some other comics. Come back to it. You know, issue two next month or whatever. Read that, and then you'll you'll be anticipating it again. You'll you'll want that fix. So yeah. I think you know, don't read big chunks of it at a time, because I think it's just meant to you know, it's, it's it, it brightens up your day. Read an issue every every now and then. Read a, a web comic, you know, on on a certain lunch break or something, and you know. It's. I don't think it's meant for like extreme consumption where you're mainlining so much of it yeah. at a time. It's. I mean, and it's a three issue mini, so you know, 
it's, yeah, it's, it's perfect. Yeah, it's totally worth it. I can't um, imagine what six issue menu would be like. If if those of you out there have been wondering uh, about the Man Thing and his place in the Marvel universe, <laughs> well, then we have we have good news for you. Thunderbolts number one fifty four yeah. really delves into the Man Thing. Oh, I love Man Thing. Yeah, I love Man Thing. They're they're really going for a, a Man Thing uh, renaissance, I think, at this point. Uh, Jeff Parker uh, with with Declan Shalvey, who's sort of the sometimes artist on this book. Um, it was just like a fun little one and done tale, and actually, actually accomplished uh, character development of the Man Thing. It <laughs> it was it was really. Uh, have you guys ever read the old Man Thing stuff? No. A little bit, a little bit. Okay, I thought they did a really good job in taking a lot of the old man thing stuff like the the whole thing with man thing is you know the narration is always man thing is just a creature like uh, a subhuman creature who has no feelings but you always get the hint that he does you know by stuff that he does you know like that's sort of the game it's like a big writers. yeah it's like the game the writers kind of like are they hinting that the guy is still in there somewhere you know that's sort of the back and forth game they have and they kind of did an interesting job of bringing that into the newer take. And the panel where he takes the like alien, the extra-dimensional salamander and rips its jaw mm-hmm. part. I mean, that happened in every single issue of the old man <laughs> thing. And it was always a crocodile. Like, that was how he killed a crocodile. Every, like, that was, a, that was his, his signature, signature move. move. It was his signature move was to rip its mouth apart like that. And I was like, ah, yes, this reminds me of old man thing issues and they added something quite i thought was a really interesting and sort of drastic change from i think how man thing had always been sort of seen in the past as a scientist thing no uh, like wanting to hang out with people i liked that i yeah yeah. that was because i mean the one thing that was kind of sad about the about the story this far is that you kind of felt like he was just shackled with there among them he didn't want to be there but now there's a reason for him to be there so you don't have to have that sort of that hanging over you because always a little bit yeah. in the background i was thinking well, it's kind why of, is he there yeah like it's kind of mean of them really yeah um but the the man thing moonstone relationship is one of my favorite relationships in comics it's just it's, it's so bizarre that he he doesn't talk he doesn't even make noises really um most of them he doesn't even like fight in the thunderbolts issues he, he usually gets like torn to pieces um and then they put him back together or he reforms or whatever but um he's he's always he always ends up saving moonstone or, or going to her aid and um it's just a, i i love that it's just a, like a, a little uns, unspoken thing mm-hmm. um and uh we've got a, an exciting new recruit for the next issue which i i, I gasped mm-hmm. aloud when i found out about that so that was very cool i also i was actually one little bit where they actually explained, uh, well, how come he doesn't ever burn any of the Thunderbolts? And they were just like, they're not afraid of him. <laughs> okay, yeah. well, there you go. <laughs> Done and dusted. There, All right, totally fine. Uh, fun, Totally a fun little issue. Uh, another good one. Uh, there hasn't really been a bad one yet. Yeah. Um, speaking of things that were that are giant-sized, see how they did there? Ironically, yeah. gi- ironically giant-sized. The ironic, no, not, wait, the, the giant-size <laughs> Adam special. Is this Lemire and Asrar, Paul? Yes, it is. Tell us about it. This is okay. So they had this. They had the Adam Co. feature that they were doing in. Was it Adventure Comics? Yes. 
Yes. Um, right. So and then you know they did away with the co-features, and now we've got okay. Now we're gonna do um, everything. It's it's sort of like they're they're gonna be doing that with the Jimmy Olsen special uh, with Nick Spencer stuff. So this is just they're wrapping up that storyline. I guess, I think it's called Nucleus for uh, for Captain Adam um, uh, or for the Adam. Excuse me. And uh, it's um, I I I really liked this because this is sort of. Jeff Lemire's DC superhero stuff is giving me what I think we used to get from Jeff Johns with stuff like JSA and Action Comics. Um, whereas I'm feeling like a, a, you know a little um, cold on on Green Lantern. I've, I dropped that recently, and so I'm, I'm kind of missing my sort of classic superhero fix for DC. And um, I think Lemire really brings in like the sort of the 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 old school action adventure aspect of characters like the Adam and Hawkman. And I just thought it was, uh, it was a whole lot of fun. And Mahmoud Azrar, um, I think is just an amazing, um, artist for this kind of story. Um, it, it's, uh, it's just a great sort of romp and, uh, I, I liked it a whole lot. Um, so I, I hope we see more of him doing things like, I'd love to see him on, you know, action comics or, or JSA or something like that. He'd be really good for that kind of thing. I think that they just don't think he's quite a big enough name yet, I, I guess. Yeah. So, I mean, I, so I hope, he, you know, he's uh, right now he's doing at Dark Horse, he's doing the Star Wars book. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, I I hope he's you know you know get some get some really high profile stuff and 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 moves up to because I think he's he's you know good enough one of the one of the better uh, artists working at DC right now, um, especially for you know for this kind of story. It's yeah. just there, it's there's something, it's just a perfect fit, and and uh, I really do think Jeff Lemire. You know, when you when you find out Jeff Lemire, the guy from you know Essex County, is going to be doing you know Superboy stories and stuff like that, is that going to fit? But it, it totally does. I think he really has a great voice for. For these stories, he so he knows this stuff. Like he, yeah. he know, he's like a DC fanboy from from like an old school, like Tom. Yeah, not yes. to, not to minimize your role in the world, but oh no, it's uh, it's okay. If that's if that's all I ever amount to, I guess. Is yeah. this uh, is this? It's a special, so I guess there is it's the future of of Adam stories is unclear. Yeah, you know, it's it's the, the future of Adam the... stories is always unclear. <laughs> it's always unclear. <laughs> if you will ever get more of them, <laughs> I know what's gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, so you know he goes leaping off. Uh, you know, actually, he goes leaping off a building at the end. So I don't know if he's giving up. He died. Uh, he, yeah, died. he dies. He's basically he's given up entirely. But unless no, you see him land, you know, no, it is. I, I, think, I, think it's, I think it's very cool, and I think that they they do enough to to get you up to speed if you if you hadn't read the co features mm-hmm. leading to this. So uh, now back in in San Diego in in July of last year. Uh, I spoke with Dan Abnett and Andy Lanning, and it was there was a slightly awkward moment where I was like, "So what's up next?" And I'm like, "You tell us." And, <laughs> and it was it was really kind of sad because they're doing, you know, they have been with the Marvel Cosmic stuff exemplary work for for years and years at a time, um, but they also mentioned a a Groot and Rocket uh, Raccoon miniseries that never came to pass, and now I find out that that is the backup uh, in yes. this in this Annihilator's book. Um, and, and I was I was very happy to buy it. And I was also very happy to buy. I'm I'm not a person who's going to go after a variant cover, but if you're going to do a Mike Mignola variant cover uh, with Groot and Rocket Raccoon, on it, I will buy that. Uh, yeah. Every time that it's possible to do so. Uh, first half of this was was a story about the Annihilators, the sort of the the leftover stuff of the Guardians of the Galaxy, and they're all these 
Alpha Plus, which is the Marvel way of, and I really like when when they really go after that sort of uh, codification of Marvel heroes, yeah. uh, that Alpha Plus rating, and uh, it's it's uh, Ronan the Accuser and um, what's his name from the Shi'ar, with the oh uh, the Guardian, yeah, no, yeah. the Centurion, whatever. Centurion? Oh, Gladiator, God. right? Gladiator. There's there people, you go. That's his name. people yelling right now. Yeah, you know. Silver Surfer, uh, uh, Quasar, and Beta Ray Bill, and then they meet a Space Knight. And they fight, and they find out they're all going to be on the same team, and it's fine. And, and but the the underlying sort of uh, thing going on in this story, and this is the thing about all these Abnet landing stories all along, is that there's always something else interesting besides just the big space fight. Mm-hmm. Whether it's the personal connection to the characters, and the whole thing that's going on here is that, and it almost started to get a little old until I realized where it was going. Is that Quasar is like, I'm not up to this, but the problem is they're all Alpha Plus level. And if any of them ever cut loose or anything, they'll just they'll just destroy everything. So it's like that idea about like, is it, what point is a nuclear weapon useless because it's just too destructive? Yeah, it's like having a team of all Thors. It's like yeah. having an Avengers team. Yeah. It's every member is Thor, and so that, like, you know, I, I'm with you in sort of that. It it got a little tedious, but it it does. You know, there is a a method to it but um i felt like this at least the annihilators half of this issue um it, it felt like a little bit like one long drawn out beat mm-hmm. because it's the space knight testing them and saying that you know you're limiting yourselves and you have to let go and stuff like that and, and then realizing that if they do it's going to destroy everything um and the other thing about this there, there's this whole shadow of the guardians of the galaxy over the whole thing mm-hmm. because the, uh, you know nova and uh and what's his face and and star lord are, are missing in action in the cancerverse um and uh you know presumed dead and uh it, the, so there's that like physically um over the over the story but there's also the fact that it kind of feels like not that Abden and Lanning are, are selling out, but that like we're going in reverse the way we should go, mm-hmm. because you started off with like the underdogs, and now you're going to like the corporate version because it's like everybody's like yeah. super, everybody's like overpowered Alpha Plus, um, and you I, kind of want the Guardians to come back because they're the ragtag team. Yeah, I kind of felt this. I, the only thing that bothered me about the first half is I always feel like. Especially with the cosmic stuff that Abbott and Landing have been doing that I've really enjoyed. I always feel like there's a lot of time spent with leftovers of something else. Mm-hmm. Like the, and it feels like that's sort of been like the rhythm of those stories again and again. Mm-hmm. And this time I was like, oh, I kind of like what Paul was saying, the Guardians hanging over it. I just kind of felt like, you know, I kind of wish it was just a Guardians story. You know, yeah. like not that that's mm-hmm. possible, but, you know, obviously they... They changed it, but I kind of felt like, oh, it, I missed the, the previous more than I kind of loved the first story. I kind of was sitting there like, oh, you know, yeah, you're I missed that. The, yeah, the fumes of the of what was great before. I still had enough of that flavor that I still enjoyed it. And it's interesting that you're talking about there's all this leftover stuff, but I missed some of that, and it's still like you know what's going on, and I really yeah. like that. I that was yeah, they do a good they do a good job. The second story was well, awesome. Here's the thing: it's a five dollar <laughs> book. And if you had left out the first half of it and I paid $5 for this, this half an issue, I would have been completely fine. Uh, because uh, it was a story of Rocket Raccoon after he goes and tries to find a real job. Yes. Uh, at Timely Inc. working in the mail cart. Timely, that's a Marvel joke for those of you following yeah. along at home. <laughs> no problem whatsoever. Art by Timothy Green II, who, who killed it. Not, not your typical sort of uh, uh, 
superhero fan favorite kind of artist. Not at all. Cartoon the hell out of this, and 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 like, I'm always impressed when when people can make a can make a raccoon emote, an anthropomorphic <laughs> raccoon, and you really get to know what he's thinking, and you can read his facial expressions and his body yeah. language and stuff. But he still looks like a raccoon. I yeah. thought that was great, and it was just this big silly fight with a clown. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> a wood, sentient wooden clown. Yeah, um, and it's 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 like it's Rocket Raccoon in Office Space. He's 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 working the he's pushing the mail cart around. Yeah, um, I love the the opening the the timely ink stuff where they're they're talking about like your needifications. Yeah, redact redactify all I'm your problematory really areas at that at that playing with language. I I think that's a British thing. British people are better at that than we are. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and I, I'm always impressed by it. And then at, by the end, he goes to uh, the branch world uh, where Groot is supposed to be from. And there's this big twist on the on the Groot story. And it's also beautifully rendered, like all mm-hmm. these trees coming out of the forest. Uh, just uh, it was it was just a totally fun little story. And, and it was worth the wait. And I, I really I can't wait to read the next part of it. And a, a really like uh, an appalling um, sort of like uh a moment of despair that the last splash there but also really really hilarious with yes. Groot tied up <laughs> to a pedestal with um some like robot woodpeckers surrounding him <laughs> on this, yeah. like atoll or something <laughs> like lightning in a whirlpool uh real quick i wanted to talk about jonah hex number 65 uh mm. jordy Bernay on this one so you know that it's really going to be great looking with with amazing storytelling uh, this was actually a, a, the story was interesting of note because it took a slightly different tack on Jonah finds the person doesn't matter what the person's doing he's going to kill them. Uh, in this issue, uh, it went a little bit differently, and you sort of it's one of those stories they do it like every two years. Will they do one story where Jonah kind of is a good guy? Yeah. <laughs> like they're yeah, just a the, big softy. the yeah. slightest hint that he's not a completely remorseless killer. It's the it's the white to make it gray, you know. Yeah, make and, sure he's a gray area. Character. And the whole time I was like, "What the hell's going on with this story? This is weird." And then at the last page, with no words, they give it to you, uh, and they did it. You know, again, like it takes it takes an enormous amount of storytelling to commit, uh, to to sort of show you what that's like and what that is without saying without explaining it. And I, I was really impressed by that. Um, really good issue. They always are, so it's it's hard to come up with something else about it. Yeah. Uh, lock and key keys to the kingdom number five paul this is your favorite thing being published on god's green earth oh god yeah (laughs) um i know a lot of people are are reading this in in trade um so i'll I'll be quick about it and not be too spoilery i'll go the kirkman route with it we said we'd spoil paul (laughs) all right um the people what they want yeah so that uh everybody turns into a dragon in this issue um, which is cool. No, um, well, it actually could happen. Um, so, but no, that's a fake spoiler. Um, no, this is a big turning point issue. This is the penultimate issue of this particular miniseries. Um, on the cover, it says, "In 14 issues, it's all over." So we're getting to the, you know, the the countdown to the the final 12, the final 10. How frequently do the issues come out? Of is it every month or is it? I think it's every month. Um, um or every other month, excuse me. Um, so I, I I don't know. I mean it. I don't mind that it comes out not every month because it's always really well constructed. Um, it never it never feels like it's just a means towards an end. Every page, there's a lot of thought put into it. There's a lot of workmanship from Gabriel Rodriguez, the artist. Um, there's a great sequence in here where um, you know two buddies are talking, and Bo, the little kid, is um, they're they're at an ice rink, and uh, one of the panels is um, and best best of the weekend panels. Um, Bo is putting on his um, his ice skates and he's a little kid he can't tie them very well so he's like trying in the background it's just this like 
you know, background ancillary thing trying to put his, his you know, lace these up. Um, and then finally, uh, one of them helps him. Um, but it's just like this cool background element. Um, an extra, uh, you know, visual interest, um, extra bit of storytelling going on, and um, this is a big deal because the bad guy, sort of, the, I've been calling him the Voldemort of the steer of the series, Dodge, um, who's been posing as a, a teenage friend um, and actually a boyfriend of one of the characters. Um, he's found out as being the Voldemort of the series as being the big bad. Um, Tyler Locke discovers that he's this demonic presence and he's the one who's been causing all this trouble. He's the one who's been trying to kill them this whole time. Um, so we have some real forward movement on the story. Um, and it's just phenomenal stuff. Um, if there's any book I could recommend to people to read, it's lock and key. I think it's just phenomenal, but it is important that like at this point, you're not, you can't, you couldn't jump on at this point. You really. gotta, yeah, you gotta go back and, and read from the beginning. It's, it's just novel. one of those things. It is a novel. And it's like he talks about it, um, Joe Hill talks about it being like there being a three act structure. And for, I mean, I think since he set out to do it, um, he's had a finite conclusion in mind and he's had an act breakdown set up. And so it's, it's moving towards the end here and you really have to start from the beginning. Um, but I, it's totally worth it. Go grab the hardcovers or the paperbacks and, and check it out. Um, but it's, uh, it's just amazing stuff. And it's one of the reasons it's hard to jump into. It's not the, 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 the mythology of it, the horror fantasy stuff. That's not even my favorite part, even though that's all done well. It's the character interactions. Um, it's so tightly focused on this, this core family of the mother, um, the son, uh, two sons and, then a, and a daughter. And um, you know these characters so well just because that's the only focus of the story. It doesn't move around that much. Um, and, and they're, you know, misadventures and horrible things they go through in this, this house that they live in with the mystical keys. So uh, high, high, high recommendation. Uh, now, in a couple of weeks, I'm going to be attending the C2E2 convention. And, and, I, and, yes. and in my mind, Tom should be there. Mm. But uh, in the meantime, why don't you tell, mm. us, tell us tell us about it? About Chicago? About C2E2? About C2E2. Either one? Yeah. It's going on March 18th through 20th, and it's in the uh, West Building at the McCormick Place in downtown Chicago. It's more fan-friendly. I don't know what happened last year that that fa- uh, fans were tortured somehow. It was, it was an obstacle course. <laughs> With the, the branding and the scarification that was going on. Uh, it's in Chicago. It's easy to get from the McCormick Place to the other parts of Chicago that are fun. Uh, bus, you can walk, uh, you could take a, uh, a Segway, you can rent those near there. I know Done. the park. Yeah, it's all done there. <laughs> and at the convention, you have guests like uh, Brian Michael Bendis, Adam Hughes, Ben Templesmith, Gene Ha, Cliff Chang, Mahmoud Asrar. Paul Cornell, Mike Norton, Scotty Young, Scott Snyder, and tons more. I think they're still announcing uh, more people that are going to be there. And there's there's even uh, celebrities outside of comic books. And I actually would count both of these people as legitimate celebrities. Uh, Elisa, Elisa Dushku. Eliza. Eliza, I see. Mm. <laughs> and a, Rick. Such a huge celebrity. Rick Bay- Bayless. Is that, um, Paul, I'm the not chef. sure. Rick, Rick Bayless, yeah, he's a sh- chef. That's Ron Are you is sure he's a chef. Oh yeah, Ron is doing a panel with Rick Bayless about what? Food and comics with C.B. Oh, Sobolski. I know. I'm not sure how it works either, but I'm I'm going to be fascinated. But there's going to be food there, and the dude the dude rocks at the food. So, well, I I know Rick Bayless is a chef. Yeah. I'm I'm East Coast elite. 
everyone. I know, I know what's going on. I watch fuck Top Chef, okay? He's a master. <laughs> He's a Top Chef master. He's a master. He has several fantastic restaurants in Chicago that you could go to. And, well, I mean, if you're the type of person like me who can't go to a convention for three days, really, mm-hmm. I get bored about an hour you into get, the you stay. get mobbed. It's like the Beatles in 64. <laughs> Sweaty people trying to touch me everywhere. <laughs> at least you're in Chicago, so you can go do something else. And if you buy your tickets at C2E2.com before March 14th, you can get the whole weekend for $50, which is a steal. So go. Just go. I wish I could go. I can't. I, I'm, I'm, a little, I'm a little upset about it. C2E2.com is where you can go to find out more about that. Yeah. Um, John Severin. Yes. Damn. Witchfinder lost and gone forever. I love that they found a way to put uh, Ed- Edward Gray in the Old West and have John Severin draw the stories. Because <laughs> it's just, it's, uh, it, it's, of course, a perfect mix with John Severin, who's a classic artist. And because it is done by uh, Mignola and Ar- uh, Arcudi, it's also well written. And it is, uh, it's fun to see uh, a, a sort of a proper Englishman in the Old West. Sort of uh, getting into you know fights, uh, shooting people, all the classic sort of Western things, and he's got like, the little bit of that sort of uh, English attitude, I would say. You know, the sort of thing that made us kick him out. He smirks a lot. Yeah, he smirks, and uh, it, it's it's a, a fun series, just like all the other stuff from the Hellboy universe. It uh, they do a very good job of like picking a niche to go into and mm. just nailing it when they do it. They get the right artist to draw it. They get a, a tight story to go in there and it, it works out great. And then this looks like just another successful <laughs> Hellboy Universe title. And then Dave Stewart comes in and says, I got this. Boom. Yeah, and he just colors it. And it looks it looks great. I, and There's actually Western that. Vistas in there. I mean, is there... It, to me, the Hellboy Universe is... The most steady steel, uh, seal of uh, of quality in comics for me. Like if I know if it's coming from that sort of realm, ninety nine percent of the time I know I'm going to enjoy it. And there's no one else that has that sort of level of quality, as far as I'm concerned. Mm. Uh, Powers number seven. I I actually I I was like, oh, that's coming out again. Um, I've actually been reading through old Powers. Uh, I've been reading through my definitive hardcover covers, going through it again. And and part of me, part of part of it, kind of feels like going back and watching Kevin Smith movies ten years later, a little <laughs> bit. Like I loved them at the time, and and now I can see the cracks and stuff. But I could also see a lot of the stuff that was original that I really liked about it. Um, I, I I had a little bit of a hard time with this issue, and I I wanted to like it more than I did. There was stuff in it that I liked, but it was also kind of weird. Uh, but at the same time, like it, it was powers, and it still. I, I really like this world. I'm really invested in these characters, but we see them so rarely now that it's a little hard to get into the story. Although Is it that the release schedule throws it out for you? If it yeah. came out more regularly, do you think you'd be able Maybe. to get back? To it? it just feels like we haven't seen... Like I had, You have to get yourself back. and like, Oh, right. Why is Dina Pilgrim here? What's what's going on there? And there's a big thing that happens with, with Dina. Uh, it, and and, and it, you know the backdrop of this story about these these golden characters, the God characters, the sort of superheroes who thinks that they're gods. And there's a question about whether they are or not. Um, it's also interesting to see how Omic's uh, style has changed over the year too, over the years too. But boy, it is just as word bubbly as, as ever. <laughs> I mean, that it's, doesn't it's, change. It's word bubbly Um And that's not really a complaint. That's just what the book is. It always has been. 
Um, like I kind of liked it, but I'm I'm feeling. I remember a long time ago, Connor said something along the lines of, "You know, maybe this should have ended when that ended last time." And I think I think he might he might have had a point, but I'm gonna see where it goes. I'm I'm never gonna not buy this. That's your always your evergreen purchase. Yeah, yeah I'm pretty sure. I mean, unless it really, really goes away. Uh, Captain America Ultimate, Ultimate Captain America number three. Mm-hmm. Uh, despite all uh, everything to the contrary, I, I like this. I heard there's waterboarding. Yes, there is. There's a okay. waterboarding scene. And when I say everything to the contrary, uh, you know, Captain America is probably is 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 you know, among my most favorite characters in comics, definitely in the mm-hmm. Marvel universe. And this isn't that guy. Mm. And actually, that's kind, <laughs> no. that's kind of what's interesting about it, uh, because you're just sort of like so. I'm familiar with it, but I'm not. So I don't really have any idea what's going to happen. Unlike the other Captain America book, where you always know what's going to happen. But I don't know who this guy is. I don't know what the quote unquote rules are for this. And and this issue is all about sort of the psychological and somewhat physical torture of Captain America. But I I find. The stuff that's really odd about it is that he's in a small Vietnamese village full of uh, all the peasants have super soldier serum in them. And so, like, an old lady beats him up and, and the kids <laughs> all hold him down. And I, I do like the, just the main, the contrast of those ideas. Yeah. And also, I, Ron Garney's absolutely uh, killing it. He's got a night like, the style on this is really sort of rough and sketchy and it's been colored in such a way that sort of gives it a different quality. Um, I, I, I am enjoying it, almost despite myself. I would say. Well, I, I mean, I've always known that you've been a fan of waterboarding. I love waterboarding. Recreational, of recreational waterboarding. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And then uh, finally, I believe people really want to know about what's going on in G.I. Joe infestation <laughs> number one. Uh, <laughs> I assume I'm the only person reading this. I, I read it because uh, of um, that it was on this <laughs> list that you sent us. Now let me ask you I read this. it. It was it, pre- it was a pretty good issue, wasn't it? I I don't know. I <laughs> <laughs> you know, like if you're gonna do this sort of thing, I, I had I kind of knew what the infestation like crossover thing was. Kind of, it's not even really a crossover. No, you know, and I feel if you're gonna go to all this trouble to to have all this yeah you know, this cross promotional, like really go for it I with see like that. the villain. You know, yeah, like you're right. oh, it's just like a computer you know like um uh like artificial intelligence has taken over the computers and i'm like oh okay you know i guess what i mean was it actually came off as a really good regular gi joe issue i'd forgotten that part of this other thing yeah that it wasn't uh, it fit all the things that i imagined from gi joe including baroness's uh questionable management skills <laughs> like you know, like teasing the guy that she's gonna kill him and then just killing him anyway. You know, like that. She's not what, nice. She's no, not. she's not. But that does I, not inspire Connor, Connor's, good effort. Connor's right. This is this is definitely not going to lead to a crossover of all these things. But uh, uh, you know, <laughs> no. it happened. It's it's fine. I've, at this point, yeah. you know, we're we're going through it. I want to know how this thing ends. <laughs> so we're not, we're not, the, so we're not I want to know what happens. We're yeah. not gonna see Snake Eyes fighting Spock. We're just gonna see. Spock and Snake Eyes fighting a mutual foe. I just I want Winston Zedmore back to back with Optimus Prime. You're gonna see blasting zombies. You're gonna see Snake Eyes fighting Spock, and they're struggling, and then it just becomes a hug, <laughs> and then you you hear sobbing, and then that's the cliffhanger. You don't know which one was crying. Wow. Yeah. You just come up with that now. That's that's yeah. That's it might it away. 
I, I know. Spoilers, everyone. That's how the. <laughs> that's how my my fan fiction ending is going to go when I write my own infestation title. So this is in Ghostbusters too, and in Transformers. Nah. Yeah. 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 No. The, yeah. The Transformers one's not so great. I just, but I can't get into. I can't. It's robots. I, just, I don't I care. In disguise. GI Joe, to be honest. No, no that's, I'm, that's fine. Yeah. GI Joe, like if it was your thing. GI Joe was my thing when I was a kid. I loved it. <laughs> so, I and I'm not that way about a lot of things that you know. But but GI Joe, you know, I like. You might it. be giving Transformers short shrift. I might be. It's just not my. There, thing. I think there really is more than meets the eyes to the Transformers. <laughs> oh, like the God. the part where the Cobra guy was like listing off the things that. Psych out could do is if he was reading the back of his card. Well, you know what? Actually, what's odd about that is that they made the point earlier that when you go into GI Joe, all that shit is hidden and no one's supposed to know who you are. And they got all of Psych out stuff pretty easy. Uh, we can't go into this. Uh, there, was, there was a little bit of a little bit of an issue, and I was like, "Oh, did you just Wikipedia him? He's a hugely famous PhD. Shit." <laughs> yeah, I was like, "Whoa, where did they? Yeah, what?" How did I get all this info on him? I liked, but I liked the interrogation. I was a good interrogation room scene because I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know who was going to win. I didn't know who was lying. Sure. I, as far as the GI Joe story goes, I thought it was yeah, it fit all the all the things. Uh, user reviews are next up. A couple other things we want to talk about real quick. Uh, Wally the Green Monster uh, wrote about five Ronin number one. Gave the story a three out of five and the art a five out of five and uh, four out of five. Four to five, that's what I meant. And I'm not sure if it was 1%. It was 1% or less of, of the community's pick of the week. He said, I love samurais. Uh, so the idea of taking some... There's a, there's a misplaced apostrophe there. Uh, so the idea of taking some of Marvel's toughest characters and throwing them into an Elseworlds-type weekly miniseries was an easy sell for me. We are brought into the world where the masterless samurai, or Ronin are out for vengeance for their slain master. This issue focused on Wolverine, shocking, and an infamous Ronin who can't be killed, and we, have a pretty f- and we have a pretty fun samurai story. This isn't a superhero book. They really just took the essence of Wolverine and boiled him down, made him more human. So we really didn't see the Wolverine we know from the X-Men universe, and I thought it was a pretty good thing. Um, I read this. Really? It was the yeah. art. Yeah, the art is really nice. Um, I... I, I I, I like the, the the concept with it's not going to be Wolverine every. It's a different character each issue. I assume there's five characters. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for five be a, different Wolverines. <laughs> well, actually, there are multiple Wolverines in this issue. <laughs> really? They're apparently like they're all the Ronin are are look like Wolverine, oh. which is very confusing because it's sort of a photo real style. It's sort of like a cross between Maleev and Lark, and I was like, what the hell is going on here? And it's a lot of narration, and it's like circular narration, and it's kind of like plotting and stuff, but I'm excited. There's an issue down the line somewhere in this series with Hulk as like a Buddhist monk. Huh. So I'm kind of... I'm kind of interested in, in where they're going to go with that. So it's it's a, it's beautiful to look at. Um, I don't think it's as photoreal as say like um, Maliev's doing on Scarlet, mm. but it's you know somewhere in the happy medium of photoreal um, and photo reference. So it's but it's it's really really pretty to look at, and it's got your your Bushido action. So excellent. Yeah. Uh, Paul, do you want to tell us about Darth Duck? Let's talk mm-hmm. about Darth Duck, the Darkwing Duck Annual, number one. Um, story, five out of five. Art, five out of five. Oh, Darth Duck was the one who reviewed it. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I already think he's biased. Yeah. So, um, yeah, how, suspicious. 
at the time of this uh, this recording, the POW percentage is 11.1%. Also Dark- suspicious. Also suspicious. That's Darkwing <laughs> Duck's first annual... Let me read, Jesus. So Darkwing Duck's first annual gets everything right. Two exciting stories featuring Darkwing that are both entertaining and enjoyable for new and old readers alike while taking full advantage of the return of creator Tad Stones with an original comic story, all-new villain, um, and a fantastic story of the creation and development of the character of Darkwing Duck. There's a little back matter in there, the little story. Uh, Darkwing Duck is the terror that flaps in the night, and Darkwing Duck Annual Number One is the comic that needs to be in your collection. You see what he did there? <laughs> little. Uh, that's yeah. Yeah. That's, What's there's a word for that when you do that? Pull quote. Is that? Well, no. He had he had the <laughs> both sides of that sentence balanced. The terror uh, that flaps in the night. The comic. We need Toby Ziegler. There's a no. There's yeah, totally a word for that. It's going on the trade. Yeah, it should right? be. <laughs> it's going to be like from ifanboy.com. We'll like, we didn't actually write that. It's a, it's a user. Anyway. But we like, we like the Darkwing Duck comics anyway. So they're sort, of, they're sort of better than they have any need to be, which is always a good thing. <clears throat> hey, uh, so ifanboy, uh, you may know, is part of – oh, by the way. See, I'm not good at these things. This is where the other guys sort of totally yeah. run the ship, and I'm not good at that part. I'm I quip. That's what I do. And then Tom's here <laughs> quipping, so I can't. No, I I don't. Yeah, I just, even know we're all new. thrown off. Yeah, do you want me to read it, Jesus? No, that's fine. Uh, <laughs> but I wanted to say, if you want to leave uh, reviews of your own comics, go to ifibo.com/slash/comics. You make your pull list. You can rate the books you read. You can and that'll create a big average for the whole site, which are actually pretty damn prescient. And you can write reviews of your own books and. Uh, if, if you're lucky, if you're one of the few chosen ones, you can get those reviews read here on the show. Uh, and we are part of Graphically, iFanboy, uh, the digital gra- comics company Graphically. Uh, but did you know that we ha- that Graphically has over 2,000 comics for you to download and read with publishers like Marvel, Archaea, Boom, Top Cow, and Archie being added every single day and like a whole bunch of other uh, publishers. It's almost at the point where if, if you want to name a sort of a, almost any publisher, we, we've, we've got stuff on there. Uh, if you uh, have an iPad, an iPhone, uh, we have an Android app now. Uh, you can read it on your desktop. You can read it through the Chrome store on the web. There's all sorts of ways to enjoy it. And, and some of the stuff, there's, there's commenting on a lot of things. There's social features. A um, little different for each one, but uh, they're just opening up some new ones and, and ways to interact with Facebook and and. All sorts of stuff that's coming. There's there's developments happening fast and furious. It's been like three or four updates to the Android app already in a very short amount of time. So we're definitely committed to making sure that, that it's a really good experience for people. Um, and it's a lot of cool stuff coming up this year. So uh, go over, check it out. Even if you don't spend anything, you could. there's a ton of free books to read. And then uh, if you do want to spend some money on books, then uh, it's, a, it's a good deal. It's going to be cost you half what it does in the store anyway. So go to graphically.com. You can see all the link, links and, and info to all the different apps. And uh, check it out because I'm, I'm reading. I'm reading some early powers on there right now. So. There you go. And then yeah. I think that's that's on there. It's a good good way to check mm-hmm. that stuff out. Uh, let's quickly go to the emails while we uh-huh. still have time. <sighs> All right. Arif from Malaysia says, "I'm yes. going through a rough patch in my life." Where I'm heavy, where a member of my immediate family has fallen very ill, and at roughly the same time, I'm unfortunately in the middle of a very messy breakup with my girlfriend, fiance of the past four years. Jesus, <laughs> you should send this to Doctor Doom. Wait, is that his girlfriend and his fiance, or well, if that's it's the case, both their girlfriends, then it's <laughs> his sorry. own. Then it's his own fault. So. <laughs> in addition to my work and sports, I have been turning more and more to books and comics to boost my spirits. My question is: Do you guys have any recommendations for uplifting or hopeful comics, or runs of comics that might help reinstill my faith in relationships and for less troubled times ahead? Uh, as a guide, I tend to read mostly DC and Vertigo books, plus a smattering of Image and indie stuff. I am a big Superman fan. 
except the JMS run. You didn't need to add that. And I think <laughs> the current Giffen and Dimitteis run on Booster Gold is one of the most underappreciated comics being published. Day Tripper by Fabio Moon and Gabriel Ball is also very, very good. Thanks, guys. Okay, put down the Vertigo books for yeah, a bit. Yeah, a lot of indie <laughs> comics you're in trouble too. <laughs> yeah, just uh, put those down, walk away. I yeah, um, this might seem strange. I'd say Starman. Yeah, it's about a dude getting his shit together and finding the joy and love in his life. Yeah, there's some low points, but mm-hmm. it ends on a high point. Uh, that's a really good one. Uh, he yeah. mentioned Day Tripper, which I think is a really good one. Sort of makes you appreciate the things that are worth appreciating in life. Uh, if you want to go completely the opposite way around, I think that sometimes if you look at even a book like Axe Cop, it's just so much pure fun. Yeah. And and it's out there like it's hard to feel bad about it. It's just this like it's the pure indomitable imagination and spirit of a kid. And that makes you feel really good. In that same way, there's other books like that that are sort of all all out uh nutsoid stuff and, and i think um if you look at for the last year you look at uh sea bear and grizzly shark just something crazy yeah something that's, i don't know if it instills your your your, your love in humanity but it just makes you feel good to read it you're like that's ridiculous what am i worried about there's a shark true, swimming through trees true story swear to god would also be a good uh-huh. one that's mm-hmm. that's that's definitely true yeah. um so th- there's a few i'm trying to think of any more but that, that'll give you something to go with. I know you can get Sea Bear and Grizzly Shark for two bucks. You go download the PDF directly, or yeah. uh, it's again in that same sort of way. Like those comic, the comics that make me feel good. That <clears throat> oh, uh, 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 Thor: The Mighty Avenger. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's just it's a sort of nice. It's just nice, and there's love. It's and nice. Fine. Listen to Bat Lash. It's gonna be okay. Yeah, Bat Lash. Lash is fun. Don't don't read Jonah Hex. No. Stay no. away from that. Stay away from Vertigo almost in general completely. Uh, <laughs> it's nothing good. Don't, don't, humanity is not good over there. Just, don't read Scalped. Don't read Scalped. Don't nope. read Scalped. Uh, I think we have time for another one. Uh, Paul, you want to read? Sure. Uh, let's see. Uh, Darren says, I'm fascinated by John Byrne. I'm almost 40. <laughs> And I've been reading comics since the mid-70s. And as you well know, for a good while, John Byrne was at the very top of the industry. While other creators from his era, Mignola, Perez, Miller, etc., have gone on to become legends, Byrne seems to have suffered an epic fall from grace. Byrne's style hasn't changed that much over the years, but neither has Alan Davis's, and he's an icon these days. Is he that hard to work with? Has he burned all his bridges? Is it an anti-Canadian thing? Maybe he really likes working on Star Trek. I guess my question is, what the hell happened to the great John Byrne? And is there anyone else you can think of who uh, was at the forefront of the industry back in the day who's just become kind of irrelevant now? I have to say, I think there's a couple statements in here that I think are a little off. Mm -hmm. Uh, John Byrne is an icon, right? Yes, yeah. and nothing's going to change that. Yeah. I, However, just, yes. no matter what he does, <laughs> I, yeah. there is something to be said about the fact that he, you know, he was at one time the the John Cassidy or the I'm trying to think of a, another artist who's. I mean, he was he was yeah. Jim Lee is who he was. But you know. someday John Cassidy won't be John Cassidy. Yeah, I think we're there. And <laughs> you know, that that's how it works in no, in it, it is. I mean, John Burns a slightly different like it, nothing, you never ever be able to take away what what the man did and and he still got all those skills, but you know, if he puts a book out now, people don't seem to care as much. Now that's, you know, shifting shifting time, changing taste, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um but at the same time, he also he's made a reputation for himself, which is not entirely unfounded. No, uh, and to get 
but to get back to the work thing, mm-hmm. he still puts out a significant yeah. amount of work, which I think if you're comparing it to someone like Alan Davis, who when Alan Davis, you know, gets out his one book, you know, it's one or two books a year. I mean, there is a difference in that, in that Byrne is still kind of a working artist, you know, like unlike some of these other guys. Now, whether that's by choice, I think it's by choice, probably. I mean, he seems to be doing things that he wants to be, that he's interested yeah, in. Sort of. I, and one of the other things that happened with Byrne is that, you know, and I, I've talked about artists with this. If you look back at stuff that he was doing in the, in the eighties and nineties, um, it looked different, and he works in a style now where I think a lot of times either he inks himself or whoever he's got working is like they're just not as good as the people who used to have inking him. I don't know if that's because his style got looser, but there's definitely something yeah. going on there. I remember a definite sea change with Byrne uh, around the time that I started reading comics again, and Spider-Man Chapter One came out. And this was a big deal yeah. because he was going to retell the uh, origin of Spider-Man in in much the way that. Ultimate Spider-Man did, but it was it was in canon or whatever, and it wasn't. It just wasn't very good. It was out of. Yeah. It was it was set in the wrong time. It was full of weird anachronisms, and it just it tried to be too much like the thing that we already had. Yeah, and, uh-huh. and I think and, and then after that, Ultimate Spider-Man came out and was a big hit, and, and he kind of made a stink about it. Mm-hmm. About it, you know, he's like, "Well, I already did this," and you know what he did wasn't very good. Where you know, and, and he couldn't see the difference between it, and I th- I feel like. A lot of bridges got burned there, uh, maybe not just in the industry, but also with some fans. Yeah, know? definitely. And I think that people were like, "Okay, you're you're out of touch with this." Uh, but that doesn't. God, when I I remember when I first started reading comics when I was twelve, thirteen years old, that guy, I anything anything he did, I'd buy. Yeah, uh, and it still holds up. It's still beautiful, beautiful work. He's 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 totally a master. I think we get his uh, his sort of. Um, personality mm-hmm. the personality aspect mm-hmm. mixed up with the work aspect a lot in his case especially i think way more than anybody else and i, th- I think it it, it kind of clouds how people feel about it. i think people feel like he's undeserved they either feel that he is put put down upon which i, I don't think he i think he brings that on himself a little bit mm-hmm. and he still does get a lot of work and as far as the market goes, I mean, no one sells what they used to. No. I mean, that's that's no one, no one sells what the worst selling. Alan Davis sell. doesn't. No, you know, like that, that's everyone. That is not just John Byrne. I mean, that is everyone. And, and Mignola never did. Yeah, you know. So I, I, I think we get so much. He's got such a a large knowing, like personality. Mm-hmm. You know, like mostly for the negative for a lot of people and that really clouds i think how we sort of judge his career because we're so in the know about that stuff now which, way more which, than we have been in the which past was also his choice to be incredibly yeah, exactly. public about it and be very yeah. we'll call it quotable yes <laughs> quotable would be a good way yeah. to say uh, but i, I think it, it, it's an interesting question now it is you know you know you know what's fun though hmm. the uh I'm, I'm i got the trade of uh leonard mccoy frontier doctor mm-hmm. yeah star trek it's a lot of fun I mean, it's it's it, it feels like total throwback comics, mm-hmm. um, but it's it's very you know enjoyable. Um, I th- I think I don't I don't know if this is right, but it feels like he doesn't want to be scripted by him. He wants to write it, and if but if he were to draw other people's scripts right now, I think he'd still be one of the best guys working. Mm. But he has sort of a a retro style that is not in vogue right now yeah. uh, with his writing. So when he's writing and drawing stuff, it's a little 
where it totally works for right. like original series Trek stuff and Leonard McCoy and like an ascot, <laughs> his crazy beard. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a lot of fun that way and kooky aliens, but uh, yeah, yeah. So, still, you know, great artist, legend, legend. I mean, like easily, I'd say one of the top ten artists of sort of the, the modern era, easily. Mm. Mm-hmm. I haven't read enough of his stuff, but also, I mean, his Fantastic Four runs are kind of legendary too. And that uh, is all the emails we have. You can uh, write to us at contact at ifanboy.com with any of your questions. We're not going to do any voicemail this week. We're running out of time, but if you want to call in, you can go. So you can dial 888-FANBOYS, which is 326-2697. Uh, leave us a voicemail. Get to the point. Make it short. Tell us who you are uh, in there somewhere and uh, and have fun with it. Don't worry about it. Don't worry. Not, you know, don't, yeah. don't, it's fine. Have Just fun. relax, man. Give us a call. Just relax. <laughs> see, what, see what we're suggesting. Uh, this is not the only podcast that we do. We also have the Don't Miss podcast, and that comes out on Mondays. This week, Chris Neesman is going to be talking to Will Pfeiffer or Pfeiffer. I don't know. You tell me uh, about uh, Vertigo Resurrected Finals, uh, the Vertigo Resurrected stuff that's coming up. So look for that on Monday to come out. Uh, this is this past week I released a podcast interview with uh, somebody Tom knows quite well, Scotty Young. Uh, yeah, I had him on the show for the first time. I realized that uh, you know the very first time I met him was at the Round Comics where I met you. Oh well, special. And then uh, and then he was there. And then we all went out and got tattoos. That's that's actually no, I think. Uh, I think Mike Norton drove us to your house, and then you took me to my hotel. <laughs> That's true. And on that car ride, I said, I don't think Coldplay's that bad. And I regret that to I, this day. I, I always, I've been saving that for a day when I could publicly admit to it. But now you've, you've gone ahead and you, you've stolen my trump card. Boy, then, you got then, me. Touche, Flanagan. Then after that, they got real bad. So, <laughs> it's fine. Um, also, we don't. <laughs> uh, there'll be another Toxplode next week too. Another uh, a big one, a really good one uh, with with somebody who's been on the show a bunch of times. Will we really get into? Who is it? Uh, I'm not saying. Uh, it's oh, on purpose right. that I'm not doing that. You see. Okay. Uh, but when it cause you never know. I'm gonna lose the file. Whatever. Um, <laughs> that'll that'll be out next week. So look for that on Thursday. And also, we want to send. We don't do this very often. Want to spend a uh, happy 48th birthday to Chris Volk, uh, a listener out there who who we're told would be very happy to hear. Uh, happy, happy birthday. birthday. There you go. And, so, and you get the substitutes. Sorry, Chris. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> uh, and me too. House Arrest 3, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you can check out ifanboy.com for the Pick of the Week review and more in-depth comic book discussion and all the important news and discussion topics that we decide to throw up on the website. Lots of, lots of casting news. Cougar news. All, our, all of our new writers. <laughs> the hottest comic book cougar news. <laughs> yeah. And some of them went extinct, but it's okay. Um, all of our new writers, um, uh, plus Word Balloon, look at ifanboy.com about to see the social network links and stalk everybody. Stalk us all. We also have the video show. You can find that on the website. Last week we talked about comic book events, fun little discussion show. And next week, Starman, it's all out on hardcover. It's all been read, and so we're going to talk about it. Uh, the Do show, it. the show, about is the Jeff about, Bridges movie. Yeah, we're going to totally get into that. And uh, Robert Hayes, <laughs> the show—that's what the second half is about. It's mostly about the TV show. We really, we got deep into that. There's like eight episodes of that. I don't even know. I'm surprised that I was able to bring up Robert Hayes. This would be a great crossover with Manimal. Yeah, I was like Ted Striker, Ted Drinking Problem. Robert How does IDW not have the Manimal franchise going? That would be. A- Literally, it should be part of Infestation. I literally don't know what you're talking about. Don't it's a guy who can turn into an animal, but he only ever turned into, he can turn into every animal, mm-hmm. but he only ever turned into three different animals, like an eagle and a panther and 
something else. A fixed budget. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The budget-friendly manimal. So that's yeah. Starman. Look for that on Wednesday uh, when we always have new video shows. You can email us at contact.fanboy.com or you can send us a voicemail at 888-FANBOYS, which is 326-2697. I just explained that a minute ago. You got it. Yep. You got it. Take us out. If only, if only, if only uh, John Byrne would do interviews. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> we'd be able to solve solve uh, i interviewed him once he but. you did and it's legendary yeah. i don't think i would have the stones to do it i'll be completely <laughs> honest but recently he said i'm not doing interviews anymore if you want me just come to my website and ask me because there's no point in filtering it through somebody else and i thought well that just discounted all of journalism <laughs> <laughs> i know I, I know you're just going to edit everything i say josh in this podcast uh, you're going to make it that i'm the one that said cold play wasn't all that bad <laughs> The second album is pretty good. <laughs> hey, listen. You know, people like what they like. Oh. But but it's there since then I've really okay, that's awful. Anyway, uh you bought high and sold low, Josh. I know, I know. <laughs> you uh if you like the show uh and you want to help out, you can leave us a review on iTunes. I look there are a lot. We really totally have a lot but now i'm at the point where i'm like i want a lot more because we may as well just make it ridiculous and that's the way that people find the show uh same same goes with the podcast of, of my two uh podcasting compatriots here tom versus aquaman mm-hmm. and, and the fuzzy typewriter show and and ta- ca- 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 paul you're on like 16 different podcasts now yeah i do i do a lot of guesting um it's just it fills the lonely nights i got gotcha. you bruce valanche yeah I gotcha and there's the Deceptionist as well as a new one. We're talking about you know creative writing on that one. So there you go. Yeah, so you can go and check those out. But if you like those shows, it's important to leave uh, reviews or, or, or tell people about it. Link them on Twitter, on Facebook. Tell people about it. To go to the shop, tell people about iFanboy, who you think don't know about it or might enjoy it. There's so many ways that you can watch the video show or listen to the, the audio show and all the sort of different devices and stuff. So um, you know, more people is better for everybody. And thank you. Thank you all. Thank you guys. Thank you. Thank you. That was that flew by. I Um, thought we had. I thought we really had a good talk. I feel better. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Feel lighter. I got feel lighter. I got a lot off my chest. That's good. That's good. I feel. I felt like people didn't know enough about what I thought about the Adam special, but now, it's I'm unburdened. (laughs) I feel like my my diaphragm is working better. Is that okay? Yeah. I've I've done this whole thing upside down in a harness. Tom, would you be okay if I started Tom versus Murder She Wrote? I've really been wanting to do that. Yeah, listen. Should um, I call it Paul versus or? Uh, no, you should call it Tom. K- Tom Caters presents Paul versus okay. Murder She Wrote. Okay. <laughs> I like that. I'm also thinking of reading Moby Dick for a podcast. Several people have tried it, but they never finish. They never get past like chapter seven. Will you wow. read it uh, to the to the uh, beat and melody of the Mariner's Revenge song? Absolutely. Okay, thank you. Absolutely. I feel like if you're going to start that, you got to finish it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a week to get seven chapters in. Mm. How many wow. how many days does that actually take physically? How many to read the book? Yeah. It'll take me like a year. Wow. Like but in real time? I'm going to go to yeah, I'm going to go to like a like a Red Lobster or something and get like a private booth and sit there with my Yeti mic and read <laughs> passages from Moby Dick. <laughs> I think huh. I'm, I think he misunderstood the ocean theme. <laughs> Shut up. There's netting everywhere. <laughs> Is there netting in a Red Lobster? I feel like there should be. There used to be. I think they've toned it down. Okay. Like, like, it's not like a seafood shanty. Hey, there's a room. There's a room you can ask for. The net room. <laughs> the, old, the old-fashioned the old room. It's mostly just the upholstery in the booths. It's like lobster upholstery. Plastic crabs and, yeah. and starfish. 
All right. Well, that is it for this show. Uh, we're out of time. We'll, we'll see you next week. I don't even know who's going to be here next week. It's going to be it's going to be nuts. Uh, maybe Ron and Connor will come back. Maybe not. Maybe they're touring and on heroin binges. That's what happens in Seattle. As far as <laughs> they're going to get Shanghai, they got, that's what's going to They're going to be working on a merchant vessel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We went, we got jobs at the Utilikilt store. It's a, it's a it's a port city. It could be in. They could be in Shanghai. They got Shanghai to Shanghai. Uh, I no, I, I assume they come back. Vancouver, probably. big in hero, big heroin town. So yeah. if they head up there, watch mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, I'm Josh. I'm Paul. I'm Tom. Well, that was just that was very professional. That's better than we've ever done. <laughs> wow. All right, thanks a lot. You're the